I'm Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline lawyer. And I am so excited to share some great news with you today. House Bill 1070 passed. And with the passage of House Bill 1070, seller leasing back properties from buyer after closing is carved out of the Washington State Residential Landlord Tenant Act. Yay! This is a huge accomplishment for our industry. And I have to give a shout out to Representative April Connors. She is a Realtor member. She's also a freshman House member. And this was the first bill that she dropped in the hopper at the legislature and it passed unanimously out of both houses and has already been signed by the governor. So this law will become effective July 23rd, 2023. And with this um, revision to the Landlord-Tenant Act, seller leasing back property from buyer post-closing will be carved out of the Landlord-Tenant Act if Three criteria are satisfied. You've got to know these three criteria. The first one is simple. The first one is that the transaction cannot be a distressed sale. And don't worry about that because none of you who are Washington Realtors are assisting sellers with a distressed sale. It is a statutorily defined term. It's not simply a seller who's behind on their mortgage or who's behind on their property taxes. It's a seller who's being taken advantage of in the sale. Um, if you're familiar with equity skimming, a fraud transaction, something like that, that's what we're referring to with that, again, statutorily defined term. So first criteria, it can't be a, a sale that is intended to take advantage of the seller. Second criteria, the seller must be represented by either a lawyer or a real estate broker during the negotiations or during closing. So as long as the seller in the transaction you're working with is represented by a real estate broker, and if not a real estate broker, then by a lawyer, then you satisfy the second criteria of having the seller post-closing relationship carved out of the Landlord-Tenant Act. The third criteria we're gonna discuss in two parts. The first part of the last criteria is that the lease back term, the length of time that it is intended for seller to occupy buyer's property after closing cannot exceed three months. So when you're writing your form 65B, the seller post-closing possession of buyer's property rental agreement, when you're filling out your form 65B, seller's term of occupancy shall not exceed three months. If it does, then the seller's possession of buyer's property is subject to the Landlord-Tenant Act. So to pull it out of the Landlord-Tenant Act, you have to make sure that the lease term for the seller is no greater than three months. And then here's the other critical component of this third criteria. When buyer is collecting rent from seller, regardless of the length of time that was originally negotiated, because very few of these leasebacks are going to actually be for three months. Most of them are gonna be for a few days or a couple of weeks. 
But what happens if seller doesn't move when seller is required to move and buyer is collecting rent from seller? Even if buyer is in the process of trying to get the seller out of buyer's house, the three month mark again becomes critical to this buyer. Buyer brokers, make sure your buyer understands that at the end of three months, occupancy by seller, buyer shall not accept additional rent from seller. So seller may have overstayed their lease term. Buyer may be in the process of trying to evict the seller. And buyer may be collecting rent from seller this whole time who really wants to stay there instead. And, and so buyer and buyer needs the money to pay their mortgage. So they're taking the rent that the seller pays. But buyer brokers, help your buyers to understand that if buyer accepts rent from seller after the three month mark following closing, then this seller uh, possession of buyer's property relationship will all of a sudden become subject to the Landlord-Tenant Act anyway. Why does that matter? It's a huge, significant issue. First of all, under the Purchase and Sale Agreement, Form 21, the uh, condition of the property, that provision, it says that seller is responsible for the condition of the property until seller releases possession to buyer. The Landlord-Tenant Act says that the buyer, I'm sorry, says that the landlord is responsible for the condition of the property when the tenant occupies it. And because the parties bargained in their contract for the seller to be responsible, that's their intended outcome. However, if seller's possession of the property is subject to the Landlord-Tenant Act, then the Landlord-Tenant Act controls and now buyer is actually responsible for the condition. So if, for exa example, the HVAC system fails during this seller possession of the property, the purchase and sale agreement says seller is responsible for it. But if the seller's possession is subject to the Landlord-Tenant Act, then buyer is responsible for it. It's a huge difference. The other really significant difference is whether or not the just cause provisions of the Landlord-Tenant Act will apply in this relationship. The just cause provisions of the Landlord-Tenant Act say that the landlord can not remove a tenant from property until they have given notice for the just cause that they are terminating the tenancy. So if, for example, buyer intended to occupy the property personally, they, under the just cause ordinance of the state law, could give notice a 90-day 90 90-day 90 notice to the seller. And only after expiration of those 90 days, using a notice with required statutory language delivered in a very specific way, only after the passage of those 90 days could the buyer then even begin eviction proceedings. So whether you're worried about maintaining the condition of the property or you're worried about not being subject to the just cause provision uh, of the Landlord-Tenant Act. And, and believe me, there are some cases where a tenant cannot be removed. There's no just cause to remove a tenant under certain circumstances. So you do not want your buyers um, 
willingness to allow the seller to retain possession to come under the authority of the Landlord-Tenant Act, if you can help it. And, and because of the passage of House Bill 1070, you can help it. But you've got to make sure your, your buyer understands all of these critical elements that are conditions that must be satisfied. And if any of those conditions fail, then all of a sudden the buyer is a landlord under the Landlord-Tenant Act. Can't leave this topic without telling you that when a buyer takes possession of seller's property prior to closing, that relationship is already carved out of the Landlord-Tenant Act. That, that relationship was already not subject to the Landlord-Tenant Act before this legislative session. So we're not talking about that this legislative session because it, it's an issue that, that was already resolved. The issue that was the problem was seller post-closing possession, and it's not a problem after July 23rd. Please understand, if prior to July 23rd, you create a seller post-closing relationship with the buyer, that relationship is, in fact, subject to the Residential Landlord-Tenant Act. Everything I'm saying in this video only comes into effect on July 23rd, 2023. If you have questions on this topic or any other, please visit warealtor.org, follow the links to the hotline, and ask me a question. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member.